Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to The Timmy Gibson Show. I'm so fortunate to have a special guest with me today, a winery owner, Amy Roberts from Serendipity Farm and Vine, which is out on 183rd and Mission? Yeah, it's between Mission and all. Timmy. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm so fascinated. I, you know, I stumbled across your <laughs> winery serendipitously is that did i say that right yeah. uh i was on a date and we had plans to go somewhere else and on the way to this other place we passed by serendipity and serendipity is my favorite like word mm -hmm. I, I love the word serendipity i love the movie it's my favorite it's my favorite movie which i know on may 16th you guys are doing a special uh, it's uh, mid-June. Oh, mid-June. Yeah. Okay. Um, doing a special showing of the movie Serendipity. Uh -huh. So I'm su I'm coming to that for sure. It's, <laughs> I love that movie. Anyway, so when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, that's my favorite word. I love serendipity. I love what it means. I love what it stands for. But we were like, well, we have plans. So we just kept going. Well, we got to where we were going and it was there was a line out the door and there was some event going on and all this stuff. The arboretum or however oh, you say that yeah, over there. park arboretum yes that yeah and uh so i looked at my date and i said hey serendipity let's go back and she said absolutely so she looked it up online you guys were open so went in did the wine tasting we did the the reds and then the whites and it was just magical i mean it was so i mean the dog riesling mm -hmm. and then the what's the dog the horse's name uh, Levi. Levi. Yeah, he's a miniature horse. Okay, yeah, a little miniature horse. Mm -hmm. So cute. And just the property. It's just, it really is. It's it's magical. And then I got to meet your mom and dad. Was it uh -huh. dad? Yeah, I got to meet your Tab folks. Joyce. Yeah. And yeah, I was just, I, I don't know why. I just, I, I love the place. I, you know, I did a, a little blog about it, posted it on social media, and I will continue to do that. Fell in love with it. Um, and so when we got to chatting, I said, oh, my God, I, I got to have you on my podcast. I want to <laughs> talk about your story. And and I'm sure everybody would would love to hear more about uh, your journey. So give us some just maybe backstory, like wh where you're from, where you grew up. Um, I'm originally from here in Kansas City my whole life. Um, I went to uh, Ray Peck High School. Where's that? That's uh, Raymore. Okay. okay. Over in Missouri. <laughs> uh, so close to Belton and everything. Um, and um, uh, met my high school sweetheart there. And um, we've been married for 27 years. Um, a long time. Yes. And so then I've also uh, um, So you so Raymore Raymore's growing. Yes. But it Definitely. wasn't very big. I mean, you're we're close to the same age. Uh -huh. We won't need to talk about age, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're close to the same age. So Raymore wasn't Raymore like it is now, was yeah, it? It was a smaller little community. Yeah, it's definitely grown. Um, like there's, I just had some friends move out there. Oh, you did. And the housing development is just booming mm -hmm. out there, and the schools are good. Yeah, I've heard it's grown a lot since I've lived out there especially being on the missouri side i mean the missouri side which is where i'm at now here on the country club plaza the missouri side typically doesn't have isn't known for having great schools unless you go to private school you know of course um but raymore has has a good reputation for for good schools 
Uh, I don't know about back when, when you went, but, but you seem to turn out okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So you, how many kids do you have? I have three, uh, Garrett, Paige and Savannah, and they are, uh, 19, uh, 16 and then, uh, 11. Oh my, an 11 year old. Yes. Was this, I mean, uh, no. a surprise? No. Like, Hey, okay. It was no. intentional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So three so. kids. Uh, obviously the 11 year old lives there. I met your, I met Garrett. Uh, -huh. uh does he work out at Serendipity? Yeah, he does. Garrett does. And Paige does every once in a while, but, uh, she's, uh, she'll be a junior in, uh, high school next year. So. Okay. Very cool. So she's doing online school this year. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a sh yeah, poop show that was yeah, last year. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you're from Kansas city. What did you do before the winery? And then I have a lot of questions about the winery, but what were you doing pre winery and, and what kind of led up to the desire to even do this? Um, I worked actually, I went to, um, college at UMKC got a degree. Oh, in really? Psychology. Right over here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and I, um, worked with my husband for over 20 years in the financial advising business. Um, and he does really well. And, um, I just kind of decided I wanted to do something different. Yeah. Do and your own thing. Do my own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I helped him grow his business and he's doing fine. <laughs> and so I'm kind of at that point in my life where I wanted to do something, uh, for myself. And so I kind of was searching and trying to figure out what that might be. Yeah. And so when I was growing up, I always liked um, planting things with my dad, uh, my parents, uh, and my grandparents. Every time we met with my grandparents, we would go around their yard looking at uh, just the plants and stuff and talking about that. And that always interested me. And so fascinating. Yeah. And so then I just decided that I wanted to do, I, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew it had to do something maybe with land or I just wasn't sure. And so, so it wasn't like your lifelong dream was to have a winery. No, you just wanted to shift and I do something different. Yes. And just, were starting to open your mind to, I don't know what this is, but I want to do something. Right. Okay. Yeah. So okay, it's kind of soul searching, basically trying sure. to figure out what it was. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> goodness. Uh, so I, um, happened to stump, my parents were actually living in Weston at the time and they decided that they were wanting to move. And so we started looking for land and I was looking mainly for land for them. And then all of a sudden I came across this piece of property out in Stillwell, Kansas. And as soon as I saw it online, I was like, wow, that's really cool. But I, you know, I didn't think anything of it after a while. And then my parents were like, yeah, you should go out and just take a look at it. I was like, okay. So we kind of went out there and I was like, I, I love this property. You know, it was exactly what I think I was looking for, Right. you know? And so and my, still in your mind, you weren't thinking winery. No, you were just really. like, I don't know. I just something, I want to do something with. Yeah. This is such a great yes. story. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so basically once I went out there and looked at it, I was like, I almost knew what I kind of wanted to do. I was like, Oh, I could do weddings here. Uh, I can, um, my dad has been doing uh home winemaking for a little while. And I was like, I, I think we could do a winery out here. Cause I've always been interested in wineries and California and all that stuff. And I thought, 
I would love to do that here in Kansas. And so that's when um, it all worked out that I was able to get the land. And then we started renovating on the barns uh, right away. What was real quick? So yeah. what was on the property? Everything that's there, was it all there? Just yes. dilapidated? Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't. I mean, the outside structures were actually in really good condition. And even the inside, they were just not updated. They were just not updated. Okay. So there was, you know, no electricity or water out there. We brought all that in because it was an uh, equestrian property before. So oh. I was all solar and cistern and stuff like that. So to make it where I was able to do weddings and have a farm winery out there with a tasting room, we had to actually um, you know, bring all the electricity and water in okay. and HVAC and all that stuff. So it was basically, I mean, it's fully renovating all these barns. Um, and I, that's one thing I found out is I have a passion for renovating things. I love to make something old look new again. Oh, <laughs> so, I love this. So I was really, that part I really do enjoy. Uh, and then so, so basically there's all these structures on there. And so three of the barns we actually renovated. Uh, one is my brown barn, which is an event venue space. And then we have the red barn that is uh, an air or it's a serendipity she shed, basically a place where people can actually stay. And then, um, you, so you don't consider it a bed and breakfast. Um, it is, I mean, people don't have to have breakfast there, okay, but, but you I will do, do, I do have like little danishes and stuff like that. Okay. Not a full breakfast at right. this time. Okay. Um, and then my, uh, green barn, that is where the tasting room is. And then my dad and I make wine. So we actually had to have, um, hire a wine consultant, help us, um, get started. Cause going from home winemaking to commercial winemaking is a lot, quite different. a bit different. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> a lot different. <laughs> from making um, one bottle to hundreds. Right. I'm so sure. that's been a great experience and, um, it's been wonderful to do this, uh, with my parents and with the rest of my it. family too. So, I and I've it. learned a lot I <laughs> in bet. just the last year and a half. <laughs> so is winemaking, I have a friend that just, uh, did a, is doing a winery and a lavender farm. He's actually wanting to come down and see your place. Um, I forget where he's at. I want to say Minnesota. He's up North somewhere, but anyway, so he's, he's doing a winery and, and just planted all the vines or mm -hmm. recently, whatever they, I don't know how the season goes, but. He's into it. He's, he's going, he's doing it yeah. and even bought, I think an acre of land in Italy just so that he can have say that he's got grapes in Italy. Yeah. Um, so he's doing a small thing out there too. Um, so yeah, what was the most surprising thing that you learned in this process? Like what, what shocked you the most that you're like, Oh, I didn't see that, that coming. I don't know because it was all, it was all new to me. So it was learning how to, you know, navigate through getting a liquor license. Um, you know, luckily my um, dad, he researched different things. Like he would research the stuff on the vines, you know, when's the best uh, time to plant them, what type of um, trellis that we want to have. Um, and so I think it was, it was a little bit of everything just trying to navigate through I knew it was going to be hard, but I was right. up for the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just, um, I don't know if I really have one thing that like stuck out 
that was hard. I think sure. it was just challenging the whole way through, but I, it was rewarding because it was something that I was like, yeah. I know I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. You know, I just kept telling myself. <laughs> well, it's so beautiful, Amy. I mean, I just, I, I, uh, it really is magical. I mean, I just adore it out there. Thank so, you. yeah. So how many bottles of wine do you guys produce? Is it per year, per season? I don't even know how this works. So how does wine season work? When can you plant the vines? How, what do you do? Yeah, well, we planted um, over 3,500 vines last April. Is that a lot? That sounds like uh, a lot. That was a lot. That's about six acres of, uh, so um, yeah, six acres of land. So it was, it was a lot. We were planning on doing it all in one weekend uh, and then COVID hit and then we ended up <laughs> like spacing it out. Yeah, what a time to open a business. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, so we ended up uh, spacing it out between five weeks. And that was actually really nice because then we realized 800 vines, almost 800 vines a week was a lot to plant. <laughs> really? So, so um, but we did it. Um, did all the irrigation and all that. Um, and then making wine. Right now, since our vines are so small, we actually had to go to other Kansas vineyards and uh, get grapes from them. Um, and so really? we purchased uh, grapes or juice from them, and then we made our wine from that. Okay. Yeah. So same thing with uh, we have we got grapes from California and did the exact same thing. Uh, my dad named uh, made wine with that as well. Okay. Okay. So uh, you know when I think about wine being original you mm -hmm. know like your wine tasting like your wine and vice versa right mm -hmm. to have consistency so that like the mo i think it was the monarch is the wine that i bought um which if i would thought about it, i could have just opened that we could have had some of that while we're sitting here um so to make that taste the same consistently mm -hmm. right so that someone buys that bottle and then they come back two months later and they buy another bottle or whatever the next week yeah that that it's like the same how does that happen? Like if you guys are growing grapes and you've bought some grapes and the, is it the, what happens after the grape? Like, so when these 3,500 vines at whatever time harvest, how do you harvest them? And then how do you then make your wine mm -hmm. taste like your wine consistently every time? Right. Well, our vines won't be ready for about three years. So we have to kind of wait for ours. Now we planted oh. a lot of the same um, types of grape varietals that we are, okay, are that was we're using was now ask. in our own wine. Okay. Um, so so you're just, buying what you guys have. Yes. Gotcha. Because we're trying to um, perfect or, or have a formula that we've created to have the same wine each year. Okay. Now it may have, it could always have a different taste depending on the climate, the where it's being grown because you know we're getting them from another vineyard somewhere else and then our vineyard is gonna produce the same grape but it might have it's just Slightly. the atmosphere or the environment it's growing in okay so. that's so from what in three years dear lord yes so <laughs> this is a big commitment so in three years you'll harvest the grapes mm -hmm. and then what what do they do they go in those big vats that are in that 
Yeah, we have like big square things, and then you. Start you guys don't like put them in a big wooden thing and ever start stepping on no, them bare feet. No, like we, <laughs> like Lucille no, Ball and that. No. You know, like we may have some of those sometime just for fun. But that no, would be not fun. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't do that now during no. like post COVID. People are like, oh yeah. <laughs> like people be like, no. But anyway, so the the process. I'm just trying to understand because I have no idea how wine is made. Yeah. Right. So you, you pick the grapes, mm -hmm. what happens from that point? Like the grapes are picked in three years. Yeah. And what's the process? What happens? Well, you crush, just stem them and you press them. Um, and just to kind in of in these vats, in these machines. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're small, you know, compared to like the ones out in California and well, some sure. other places, but, um, the, basically you do the crushing, the dissimming, the pressing. And if it's a red, you know, they're going to sit, you're, you're going to ferment on their skins for a while. That's what because, makes them red. Yes. Uh. So, um, and then the whites, you basically, you know, crush to stem them and then press them and get them into juice right away. Cause they don't need to sit on their, um, their skins as okay. much. So there's a lot of tannins in the skin as well. Okay. So fascinating. Yeah. So then what do you add? to the wine just uh different um like different types of yeast um different things that help with the wine process so okay um and it's different for every winemaker okay so um and and once you do that once it's um fermented and ready to go then you uh would filter and get it like we might filter our wine like, you know, five times or more yeah. just to get it. So it's really, um, pure and yeah. stuff. So, and then does it go, how's it get into the bottle? That's a great, that's a great question. And it's so cool. Actually, uh, we have a, um, mobile bottler come out and he, um, bottles it. Really? Yeah. Pumps it out of our tanks into a mobile bottler. And then he bottles it and, and bottles seals it, it mm -hmm. and corks it the whole mm -hmm. thing so cool yeah. now some some wineries they have their own bottle sure. um bottling um stuff but we don't have that at some point maybe you will maybe yeah. this is too easy <laughs> yeah yeah that, i would think that that would be easy especially if yeah. it's somewhat affordable just mm -hmm. to be able to have someone else anytime you can have someone else do something for you yes. i mean yeah i think that's that's uh especially just bottling it that doesn't really have anything to do with the taste of the wine right you know but to have someone do that for sure Wow. So three years, that's fascinating. So what do you have to do to keep the vines? I mean, do, do you have deer out there? Do they eat? Yes. Any? Oh yes. Yeah. And I mean, last year after we planted them, I mean, they just ate them down to a nub. I mean, there was not much there. So this like, year, like how many did they eat? Oh, like almost all of them. I mean, they were, it was bad. Oh my so, gosh. So yeah. like literally you spent thousands of yes. dollars planting yeah. these vines and right. the deer came in and ate them all up. Yes. Oh, so, and we've tried different things. We've tried different was that things. upsetting? It was upsetting. <laughs> so, yeah, because I don't know how many thousands that would have been, but that would be bad. Yeah. So what we've done? Well, we've we've uh, made the fence uh, taller. Well, they still would jump over that. Uh, we they would crawl underneath the rails of a fence. So then we put wire there, and so. The next thing was we got grow tubes and we just decided to put those on top of the vines. Um, and that's actually helped. They're starting to grow, but 
we're going to have to come up with some other solution because they're going to come out of the grow tubes eventually and go on the uh, wire. And so that's when they could probably start chewing on them. <laughs> so I love deer. And I love all the wildlife out there, but it's, um, it can wreak havoc on any type of vegetation and stuff. So, so, Oh my God. So you literally planted 800 vines, uh, 3,500, 3,500 uh -huh. and nearly a lot of them were yes. Lots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause they're, they're really, there's, you know, they come as like a little stick with a lot of root. Yeah. And you stick them in the ground. And so you might get, well, you clip off so many shoots. So you only have like one or two shoots coming out. And so if they eat those, uh, it was a wonderful like, meal for them. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. It's a great meal for them, but essentially, I mean, they are eating your uh, yeah money, money someday. Yeah. Yeah. Or now. <laughs> Golly. So, yeah. So I think we've got it stopped for a while until we, they get a little larger. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, gosh, how big would the fences have to be? I mean, they can jump pretty high. I mean, I, yeah, I just don't remember. I'm thinking when I remember uh, walking the property, yeah, the fence, like I could jump over it. I mean, it wasn't yeah, it, that hall, there's tall. A, there is a wire that's probably, I think, seven foot. Okay. But um, it needs to be higher than that. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> so, well, that's fascinating. Yeah. So keeping the wildlife out. I mean, yeah. do, do rabbits eat? Is it just deer that would be the problem? Mostly deer. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That's. I didn't realize, I remember you had mentioned that had deers had nibbled mm -hmm. on them. I didn't realize it nibbled on all of them right, <laughs> and yeah. took them all. Huh. That's cool. So you've been open for a year uh -huh. and well, open... it'll be, um, we opened November 1st last year. Okay. So I've been open a year with, for my weddings. Um, okay. Have you done a wedding there yet? Yes. I've done at least 20 some weddings. Oh, good. So yeah, it's, going really well good great well i hope that i get to to why well, we'll definitely be doing a wedding out there i know yeah. for sure um but yeah i would hope that you've been getting some phone calls and some people inquiring just mm -hmm. from all the posts that i've been doing with all the wedding vendors yeah uh in town because i think it's such a i you know i love outdoor venues and and whenever i if i ever get married again i would definitely like an outdoor wedding um small quaint you know that little uh viney um gazebo -y thing that you oh, guys yeah, have fine arbor yeah, yeah the great fire yeah that's okay good i didn't i didn't i don't think i took a picture of that and posted that but i need to because i think that's a can people rent just that little spot that little area and do a quaint little or do you not do that uh if i probably would do something like that um it just depends on what all their needs are sometimes right. they need a place to change sometimes they want to have a party afterwards so yeah. it just kind of depends on on what they're wanting yeah we, yeah we we could we could talk off mic yeah. about that because i when i saw that i thought man she could have some kind of a special package that would only be monday through thursday mm -hmm. and little outdoor quaint little special package that right. would include an efficient yes uh, it would it would be like kind of an all-inclusive mm -hmm one little price but it's during the week it doesn't matter right. just be a little extra mm -hmm. anyway yeah I, we could talk about that because I, I had that idea when i saw that i thought oh that could be an idea to get people in here all through the week mm -hmm. um and produce income just not only on the weekends because i mean obviously right. we you know being in the wedding business now for 20 some years 
right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are the big days. Uh, Sunday's been a newer day that's really popped up. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of stuff on Sundays. Shoot, during COVID, I did weddings on every day of the week. Yeah. I do weddings Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. It it doesn't matter all the time, Um, especially down here on the plaza. I've met people just right out here and, you know, they just want like a little courthouse Mm -hmm. type wedding Um, or I do up at Loose Park. You know, just run up there. It's just them and two of their friends. We do a little quick wedding. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, just thinking about that spot out there, how magical that can be. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So you guys got these other grapes and did all this. So when when was the first, like the first bottle of wine? When did that happen? Like the actual first bottle of wine, which I'm sure you guys celebrated. Yeah, that was cool. Um, that was the end of October. Okay. So. Um, that's why we opened up November 1st. Uh, so that was really special. So how long did, so you bought the property. How long did it take to renovate it? Um, it took from, as soon as I, as soon as we bought the property, we started renovating it like right away. I had already got an architect, an engineer. Um, I talked with the County, told them what I was wanting to do. I'm a state, um, I'm an agritourism business through the state of Kansas. Okay. Um, so um, I can, you know, that's why I'm a farm winery. That's why I do barn weddings and stuff. So I, yeah, I basically started as soon as we bought the property and then um, it took all the way until uh, March of last year. Okay. Basically. And then I renovated the red barn, which is my uh, serendipity she shed. <laughs> and um, it's, it was done this March. Okay. So, yeah. So cool. That, that one wall that I did not notice this the first time, even though I took pictures of it, but it didn't register in my brain until my, I took my daughter out there yeah. and she's like, those are pockets. Those are jeans pockets. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I didn't even notice it. And that was the first thing that she noticed that yeah. that whole wall w- were, were jean pockets. Mm-hmm. And your mom said that was you. That was your idea. Where'd you get that? Are you a Pinterest fan? No, I don't even do that. It's kind of weird. I uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll just wake up and I'll have these ideas of what to do. <laughs> and so I was like, Jean Pocket, that's pretty cool. I know my uh, tasting room manager, Kristen, she calls me uh, Fancy Pockets because I have like, bling on my pockets most of the yeah. time uh, and may, maybe <laughs> subliminal i don't know that came up thinking oh i'll just do all these pockets on the wall i'm not sure <laughs> so freaking cute no. so how do you attach them are they uh, just hot glue hot glue okay did you personally get the jeans and cut all these pockets off or you no. found a place that sells yeah. pockets no etsy or ebay unbelievable so, yeah. <laughs> that is just that is yeah it's amazing it's so cute and the fact that you did the decorations for everything out there if you're listening to this podcast you've got to go and see it i mean if you if you're ever in kansas city you have to go to the serendipity farm and vine it's just it's a, a wonderful place what what are the hours there um of operation what What's your so right now we're open Friday um, through Sunday. Friday is uh, one to eight. Saturday's one to eight, and then um, Sunday is from twelve to six. Uh, I know starting the summer we'll probably be open Wednesdays and Thursdays as well. Um, and then we also are having bands out there, um, acoustic singers. 
Uh, so the times may change a little bit when it, well, if we have a band out there, it might go a little longer. Yeah. I had a couple band friends uh, message yeah. you through the website. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully, yeah, because the guy, I don't know who that was you had out there, but he was good. I thought yeah. he was really good. Mm -hmm. little solo guy. Um, yeah, the music I would assume is only on a Friday or Saturday because you have that outdoor kind of open air patio. I don't know what the, just yes. the lawn. Yeah. Yeah, it's um we're planning to have some on Sundays as well. Okay. So people just need to look at our Facebook page or our website yep. to kind of figure out all the events that we're doing out there. Yeah. Yeah, you have a calendar event page. Mm -hmm. I saw that on the on the website. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're gonna take a little short commercial break and we'll come back. So part of the podcast that I do, because I spent 30 years as an evangelical pastor, I'm not anymore, and grew up very religious and have moved away from religiosity or being religious and become more spiritual and very open-minded. So I want to ask you some questions about that. I'm very curious what your background is, what, what your thoughts are now. And there is no wrong answer because no one fucking knows, right? No one, <laughs> no one knows. I had someone ask me the other day, you know, do you believe in heaven? And I was like, or, or do, is there a heaven? And I'm like, okay, number one, nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. Right. So like, Let's reword that question. <laughs> Do I believe in heaven? That's one thing because you can believe in something without proof, right? But to know, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, when we come back from commercial break, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit about spirituality and see where you are on that and see what your background is. All right, so we're back. And I mentioned in the first little section that I was going to ask you a couple questions about your spiritual heritage only because, you know, this whole podcast came about, even though I talk a lot about dating and marriage and divorce and parenting and a whole bunch of shit. I literally, <laughs> it's funny. I talk about, about so many things on this podcast and it's just, I love it. I love it. But one of the things that I love doing when I do interviews or have conversations with new people is to ask them about kind of their spiritual journey. And, and whether you have a lot to say or little to say or much to say, it really doesn't matter, uh, except I'm, I'm curious. So were you raised in church at all? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I was uh, raised Lutheran. Oh, okay. Catholic light. That's what I always <laughs> say. Because it's kind of like Catholicism, but light. You mm -hmm. know, it's. Yeah. Um, and, and then I um, just kind of throughout life, you know, the journey of things happening and Stuff, I ended up going to uh, Church of the Resurrection. Yeah, um, yeah. I and um, I mean, all the pastors there are wonderful. Um, I really, I kind of started going there, and after like one time, I was like, "Wow, he really speaks to me," and I really enjoy uh, listening um, to what he has to say, and and it kind of. I don't know. It just gave me a, a little bit Resonated of peace. With you. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, I, and that's where we've been ever since. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah. Adam's a good friend of mine. I mean, mm -hmm. I've known him for years and I just had him on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I know you said you were starting to listen to that podcast yeah. and just had Adam on and, and, uh, he's such a good man. Him and LaVon are, are such neat people. And, uh, he's <laughs> built a, a little church out there, yeah. uh, a little church out in Leewood of whatever, 20,000 people. And I know they have a bunch of satellite uh, yes. locations mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. Have you been to the new building? Oh with, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Is that stained glass unbelievable or yeah, what? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's yeah, he's done a, a a great work out there. And I think are they even meeting publicly right now? I think are they only online? I think they're still only online. I'm not sure that's how I online. I do it online right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, which is yeah, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, that's cool. Well, I appreciate you coming yeah, on the thank podcast you. today. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Thank you.